Hello? Hello. What? I can't, who's calling who? Do you know what? <laughs> Do you, it, it, did I call you? No, actually, technically, I called you, and normally you don't say hello, but I... I don't. But so if you're calling me, then I, I say hello. But as soon as I answer or I mean, not answer, I don't even say hello. You say hello first. Actually, you do that all the time when you call me. <laughs> Maybe it's real. Uh, we're starting the show. I can't do this. I'm Brenda. And I'm Dusty. And this is I'm Afraid to Ask. Where each week we ask one another simple questions and big questions. She's 54. He's 32. And after 10 years of friendship, we have so much to learn from each other. Through nuance, insight, laughter, and tears. So what are we going to learn this week? <laughs> oh no, Dusty. I'm afraid to ask. <laughs> okay. Hey, do you want to introduce the show? Okay. Is it my turn to talk now? <laughs> do it. Introduce the show. Don't make me cuss at you. Okay, so this week, this week we're, ooh, ooh <laughs> you woke up real fast. <laughs> okay, well then, um, I have a gun to my back now. <laughs> uh, we're going to start off the show with uh, you popping my quiz, and then Ugh. we've got an interesting big cue, as usual, and then at the end, we do our usual, I didn't ask, but thanks for telling me, and stay tuned, because we've got some announcements at the end of the show oh we do i forgot about that <laughs> okay are you ready yep okay dusty i'm starting to make peace with you calling it um pop my quiz and um so <laughs> it's been a journey <laughs> so but okay i am so ready um i have four extremely potentially oh, five no. potentially five i have four <laughs> to five potentially well researched questions for you you I'm always say that i'm starting to really <laughs> i'm starting to enjoy researching these okay here we go dusty if you were a crayon <laughs> what color would you be the hell <laughs> if you were a crayon I have no idea. You have to pick a color. Mac and cheese. You are what you eat. <laughs> no, pick a color. That's a color. No, I need you to pick a crayon color because if you... No, that's Crayola names a crayon mac and cheese color. Did they really? Yes. Okay, so do you call that kind of orangish? I just said it because that was the first thing that came to my mind. <laughs> You're going to see that this matters to me later on. Okay, yes. It's a yellowish-orangey crayon. Okay. Like the color of mac and cheese. Does it smell like mac and cheese, I wonder? Oh, my God. Next question. Okay. <laughs> oh, I love this question. Um, who is your least favorite superhero? Bum, 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 bum. That was just a little bit of music there for you. John Williams. Yeah. Um, least favorite I know. superhero? Least favorite superhero. Isn't that a fun question? Um, do you want to know that I went to see the Avengers? I've never seen any of that before. So I have some choices now. Okay. Well, that's just the Marvel universe. That doesn't <laughs> include the DC universe. I, that's what I keep being told. I'm, I'm trying to catch up. Oh, it's hard on old people to catch up all at once. Okay, well, just so you know who I'm talking about, I'll say the uh, archer, the Hawkeye guy from the Avengers, the one with the bow and arrow. That's not a superpower. Wait a minute. Hawkeye's your least favorite superhero? Why? Is he your favorite? No, but the, but the, <laughs> the podcast intern... Has a Here we go. She has a serious Avengers tattoo. And it's uh -huh. got, I guess it's got five of them on there. I can't really name them. Like Captain America's on there. I, they get odd. They kind of all run together. But I know one of them's Hawkeye. So. Okay. I don't know what the big deal is. It's going to hurt her <laughs> feelings more than you've already hurt her feelings in the previous episode. Oh, come on. Don't cry for me, Argentina. You were mean to her. Okay. All right. Have you met me? <laughs> I just, I'm 
like this quiz is going to turn into like a Mad Lib or something. I don't no, know. You just keep holding on. Who would you most like to swap places with for a day? And don't say me, Dusty. I know it's true, but it'll make me blush. Yeah, that was the last thing that came to my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I know you kind of want to be me, but whatever. Pick That's somebody else. a really else. tough question. I know. Um, a Hemsworth? Chris? Sure. I, they all look alike to me. <laughs> like the Baldwin boys when they were younger. They've aged, they've aged into differences. Um, okay, how can, why? Why do you want to be a Hemsworth? I don't know. These questions are, I don't know. I just to be hot and famous for a day and have an Australian accent. Ooh, hot and famous. Okay. Whoa, that's like going to a therapist and they're like, I'm writing this down. <laughs> what? <laughs> Do you know what? You're not too far off. Know. You're not I too far said off. Like, I almost said like Oprah for the money or like Lady Gaga's best friend. I don't know. The first thing you think of is, is like a celebrity. Like you want to trade places mm -hmm. with them. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. I want to trade places with Onyx. For I was going to say, don't you want to trade places with like a but dog? But you said or a something? person. Oh, it says who would you? The question technically was who would you most like oh, to swap places of, with okay, a move day? On, move okay. on. So I guess it could have been a dog. Okay. All right. Here's another one. What's the best meal you've ever had? Cheese and rice. Uh, I know. Not cheese and rice. I just said that oh, as a reaction. Oh. Wait, was it, um, and it's not mac and cheese crayons that you... You don't eat the crayons. Okay, keep going. What's the best meal you've ever had? Which makes it sound like it's going to be your last meal. So I guess it technically you would pick your best meal as your last meal. <laughs> oh, this is really going listeners <laughs> could see my face when you go on breaking down the question. It is so morbid when you put it that way. I love food so much, and now I'm just going through a list of things. <laughs> and okay. I'm not even thinking, and I'll tell you this, this will impress you, I'm not even actually thinking about the food itself, but the experience. Oh, I love restaurants. I mean, I love that whole meal experience and all of that. Okay, so maybe we'll make it easier. <laughs> What's one of the best meals you've ever had? <sighs> I'm just drawing a blank. I think steak might have been involved. <laughs> you want me to tell you one of mine? <laughs> Here we go. Yes, go ahead. <laughs> I'm going to tell you just so you'll make fun of me and be mean to me because I guess I enjoy that in a weird, twisted way. Um, was it when you ate poi? <laughs> it was not. It's when we had like an Italian barbecue out in the vineyards in Tuscany and it was a perfect sunset and they were it was all grilled and all this stuff was for us and we were with some really lovely people and the sunset and we were drinking Italian wine and it was like a movie. See, That's nice. One of the ones I was gonna tell you was <laughs> eating a Jimmy John sandwich in front of Old Maine. <laughs> you were not. I was too. It was a fun night. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Last question. Me and my friend Sparkles, oh. we were out on Dixon with everybody and we stopped at Jimmy John's and got a sandwich. I think it was Jimmy John's. Yeah. And then we went and sat. It was like two in the morning and we sat on the steps of Old Main and ate our sandwiches. At the University of Arkansas for people who aren't sure what yes. Old Main is. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. That sounds lovely too. Not as nice as mine, but lovely. Ooh, I had really good Mexican food in Mexico. There you go. Um, you said a weirdo. I said no. Oh, okay. But but before that. You oh, were... my O was, oh, I was thinking of, uh, so our family kind of adopted this um, older woman and her husband, and she went by Mimo. <laughs> and she was an older, very short Mexican lady, and she would always make my and I'm talking we're grown ass adults she would always make my sister and me 
tacos, mm. you know, in our 20s and 30s. Mm-hmm. And she would just stand over the stove smoking a long cigarette <laughs> and, like, never <laughs> flicking the ash. Oh. And just, like, making all of these <laughs> tacos. And my sister and I, she would always, like, whack our hands with a tongs because we would always just start making, we would eat them faster than she could make them. We'd eat them over the kitchen sink. I don't blame you. Tacos are awesome. I yeah, love that. Maybe you can edit that to be my. No, this is anyway. all awesome. This is awesome. Okay, now okay. don't don't go too far on this one. What are some of your pet peeves? Uh, <laughs> take a seat. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have enough paper? <laughs> what are some of your pet peeves? Well, what I've written down so far. Is mac and loud che- chewing. I've got mac and cheese, and I've got down um, hot, and you didn't say tasty. What did you say? It was hot and <laughs> what? I've just these are just the buzzwords I've written down so far. Mac and cheese. You're doing a mess. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> my pet peeves: loud chewing. Oh, I understand. People who add an s to the word anyway. Anyways. and the other one is when people say i want that so bad i do want that so bad lee badly you want it badly (laughs) (laughs) those are good pet peeves Ooh, and like two of those are like grammar things but then it's like yeah living in new york i gotta list the length of a cvs receipt of pet peeves (laughs) okay um loud chewing yeah i'm with you I'm resisting the urge to do that because I'm afraid you'll like come through the phone line and slap me or something. Okay. Um, so do you want to know where I got these questions? Because that's what I like to do. My best thing is to tell you. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. First, let's review the questions because I know you enjoy that. But the first one was like, uh, if you were. We just heard them. So if, just in case you forgot what you literally just listened to. I just want to put them all in a basket together so you can see how they're hanging out. Okay. So it's like, if you were a crayon, what color would you be? What's your least favorite superhero? Who'd you like to swap places with? What's your best meal? And what are some of your pet peeves? So I found a list online. of, And, and this is five questions of the 20. 20 questions. To build trust with your employees. Excuse me? <laughs> I know. And so it went on to say the reason people don't quit jobs, they quit, they quit bosses. And that it's very important yeah. to build a relationship with your employees. So the best way to do it is get to know them. And here are just some like starter questions that you could walk around from day to day and ask your employees. I'm not making this up. That is so... No, if my boss walked up to my desk and was like, hey, I was just curious, what are some of your pet peeves? Or <laughs> who's your least favorite superhero? Like, I, actually, like, are so then what? It, listen, then it got worse because it said, because under each question, it said what to do with it. So I was like, what on earth oh, were they going to do with the crayon God. question? This is, this is the quote. Search the web diligently to learn what their personality color means. Manage them accordingly. And they had a link. So, oh, God, that's ridiculous. Yeah, so but since you picked... Someone made a lot of money to make this shit up. Okay, so the color orange. This is what I would know about you. It says, you have a great need to be with people, to socialize with them and be accepted and respected as part of a group. You also have a need for challenges in your life, whether it is physical or social. And also, if it were yellow, it's... Your favorite means you have a deep need for logical order in your everyday life and to be able to express your individuality. I wish you could see me. I'm like waving my hands around. By using your logical mind to inspire and create new ideas. So now that I know this about you, I'm going to start managing you accordingly. I used to be your employee and now I am top billed right next to you. First of all. I, it, Second of all, that is as much nonsense as a horoscope. It is ridiculous. in the newspaper. Yeah, that's it, this not. is. It, this is what it was. It said you ma- ask someone what their favorite crayon is, yeah. and you go and look at the. Okay, they, they you ask them link. what their favorite color is, and also, if my boss asked me what my favorite color is, I would be like HR, HR. <laughs> 
Okay, so the big cue this week is about medication versus meditation, or not even versus. Like, I'm just curious. I don't know how to phrase it, Mm -hmm. but I have uh, depression and anxiety, and I don't meditate, and I know you do, and I teach you for some of that stuff. And I, you know, in the last year had to start medicating for that. And I, you know, come across a few people that go through what I go through and they also have to medicate. I know some people that are all about the yoga and the meditation stuff. And so I guess where I want to start with this is when did you start meditating? You know, I think about 10 years ago, um, I started trying to figure out how to do it and I still don't know that I'm doing it great or right or well or whatever, but I do find it helpful. And I say about 10 years ago, I started doing this. So that would have been, you know, mid forties for me. But when I was 15, Dusty, I would try to write poetry. I had a 20 mile um, school bus ride to school one way there and back. And, you know, with stops, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm on the bus for like an hour. And I would, um, each way, out in the country. And I would write poetry. And I wish and I... It takes me that long to go two miles in this city. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> well, bumpy gravel road. You know what it's like out in the country. Yeah. And, yep. um, but I, uh, I wrote a poem. I wish I had it. But I know the title was, I'm dying of old age at the age of 15. <laughs> because <laughs> that's what I felt I was it, and and I was talking about how my I was always talking in my poetry about trying to see stuff my eyes are tired of trying to see and so I was just going to say I started like probably 10 years ago but as young as 15 which would be you know 40 years ago I was trying to find peace that's kind of how I describe it peace with a capital P well i it's one of those of like, already you said like, uh, you feel free to just jump in and ask me stuff too. Cause I am kind of curious, but I think, um, I don't know. It's a weird topic. Um, but it's good to talk about. Um, so do you, I mean, I've told you, I've been open about it, about the depression and anxiety because I found out it was a physical thing. It wasn't just in my head. Um, like there was just no control of it. Um, do you, uh, I don't know. Is that, do you, do you have something kind of that superior William talking about? Like, or is it just like your natural, like it just keeps you balanced so that you don't go down that road? You know, um, what's interesting is you, is, um, by the, by the fact that I'm older when, um, way back then it's, gosh, I'm not doing a very good job with this at all. Um, a lot of young people I know, and when I'm talking about young people, I'm talking about teenagers and early 20s and people like mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. I run into a lot of people that are diagnosed with anxiety, like you're talking about too. And mm-hmm. back when I was that age, if I had that, it would never, they were not diagnosing that stuff. Oh, yeah. It's like when I was a kid with the ADD and the ADHD. Sure, I probably have that too, because uh, every other kid in my generation, uh, well, not every other, but most of them do, and were diagnosed with it, and they're younger than me, and I guess I miss the Ritalin boat. Yeah, it, it's, it, I, I, I do not, I mean, I've done tons of research on this type of stuff, meaning, like, to figure out, I do not have, like, the ADD or ADHD. Mm-hmm. I don't have that piece of it, but can I get down? Oh, my God. Gosh, yes. I, I, at 15, I wrote a poem that I was dying from old age. I mean, and that teenage angst, maybe that's how it's described sometimes. It never left. Mm-hmm. It never left me. But so, there was really, there was no seeking help or medication. None of that stuff happened back then. Never. Or, yeah. if, it, or if it did, it wasn't happening for me. Not for people around me where I was growing up. You know. There was no gong meditation near where you grew up. There was no gong meditation where I grew up. No. No yoga studios. No, no, there wasn't. Um, and there was nobody offering any kind of medical treatment, really. I mean, listen, to be honest, my cousins, um, 
my aunts, my mom, you know, <laughs> they, the doctor just constantly gave them Xanax mm-hmm. or um, Ativan or yeah. that was the day of Valium. Mm. You know, that's what was being handed out. And I think today's world, number one, I think it's incredible that people talk about it and that it's out there and that it's open and that there's help. And I hope there's not a lot of shame in it because there shouldn't be. But I'm, I'm just curious, Desi, when you talk about it, do you mind sharing how you got diagnosed and what medications you are taking? Um, mine just kind of like, it started getting bad, like physical symptoms. And when I say that of like having the, you know, like a mild panic attack for no reason, uh, having trouble breathing, uh, just by, you know, getting up and around for the day, um, the depression, I really understood depression because, you know, I've been sad before, but depression is when it's a bright, sunny to me, it's when it's a bright, beautiful, sunny day outside for the first time in a long time. And you can't physically leave the bed all day for no reason. Um, So this was happening more and more. I went to my physical last summer and um, they started asking me questions, uh, which are pretty standard. And I've answered before, you know, about like depression and, you know, their routine thing. And I started breaking down and crying because I was answering yes to a lot of those questions. And, and that, I was having, that freaked you out. Did that freak you out? Yeah, because I was having the realization of like, this is worse than what I was brushing it off because I was doing the whole, oh, it's in your head, you know, just get over it. You'll be fine. And it was getting to where that wasn't possible. Mm. Um, so then... The doctor gave me a small prescription of, like you said, of Ativan. And then I had to try to find um, a psychiatrist that would, you know, with my insurance and go through that. And then when I finally found that guy, then that was breaking down again in that office because I was just not okay with this happening to me because I couldn't control myself. You know what I mean? Like my... It's like, I don't know, like I was just taking backseat and I didn't like it. I didn't like that. It was very strange. I mean, there would be times at work where I would just have to go in the bathroom and just lock the door and sit there for a little bit or have to go outside and step and take a break, even though, yeah, or some one time at work, someone said, you're turning really red and I could feel it coming on. I was like, I'm sorry, I got to go. Like, I just had to get away. Um, and you know what you said, Dusty, as you were talking through all of that? You said you couldn't, you were something along the lines of it, you couldn't handle that this was happening to you. It's that no control feeling. Right. Yeah. And um, then I was really upset. I thought I had a reaction to the medication I'd started taking. And it turns out that um, it was just a panic attack. And the, you know, it was like, Apparently I need low dose, da, 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 even though we started out low, yada, yada, yada. And I was really upset um, because I didn't want to be doing this for the rest of my, you know, the medication and the checkup and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Or having to carry around a few little pills just in case something, you know, just so I can be in a crowd. <laughs> so is there comfort in knowing you're not alone in these issues? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's like finding a lost relative you didn't know you had. So, I mean, I kind of have some thoughts on this, but, and I think you'd like to do this too. This is just us talking. We're, we're not qualified to talk about it. No, 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 no. Yeah. This is just a discussion, not meant to offend anybody or, you know, prescribe anything to anyone. We're just discussing the two because whenever it started happening to me, I didn't have anybody to talk to about, about this. Um, you know, it's like, it's like I said, it's like a general society makes you think it's all in your head. Mm -hmm. I know. Yet just to backtrack a little, um, I'm saying I don't have the anxiety. I definitely can fall into that depression. I definitely can. And I recently was at a, uh, a weekend retreat where, um, Elizabeth Gilbert 
gave everybody this, her definition of depression. I just loved mm-hmm. it. And it is the mistaken belief that tomorrow is going to be exactly like today. You know, that hopelessness that, mm-hmm. but it still manifests into physical symptoms with me. And so what's fascinating about that, and I want to be real careful talking about this, how I think and view this, but... Well, it's your experience we're talking about, not, not it is. putting it on anybody else. It is. It's like our brains can only process so much information, but our body can process much more information, and it's doing that all the time. Um, like, if you think about... Um, I don't know, like you come up on a scary alley or something and before your brain can even say there's danger down there, your, you know, the hair is already up on your arms and before you know it, your body's already running. It's already gotten all the cues, all the messages and told you there's danger down that alley before your head even got a chance to catch up. Right. I used to do these huge shows, Dusty, these, that were just not just physically demanding but mentally demanding. By the time I would get to these shows, even though I was getting to the point of where I, I didn't want to do them anymore, and not for any bad reason other than it was just time to move on, Dusty, my body would literally break down on me, which was so... Oh, dis- yeah. You would always be out a week sick after. Well, right? oh, Dusty, I used to have to go on steroids sometimes for three months at a time to be able to walk. Yeah. I... It was, and it was my body. Do you know what? When I quit doing that, I've never been on steroids since. I believe all of that was my body screaming at me. So now, because I knew the answers. So now, and please don't think I'm muddling this together, but it's like in the midst of this anxiety, which is very real and very physical and totally, I I get it. You know, I believe... We'll see what you think about this. I believe that your body's trying to tell you something. Yeah, and that's interesting um, because, I mean, that's even how I discussed with the doctors is that it's not because something stressful happened at work. You know, I've done things like that before. I mean, I've been through design school. <laughs> yeah. You know, I've had my heart ripped out before. I, you know, I've been through those things. Those were reasons for, you know, my me to react that way. Um, this is just, like I said, just on the train. Mm-hmm. Or um, I can be sitting on the sofa watching TV on a Saturday night and just feel, you know, something's not right. It, but it's like your body's collecting a lot of information. And just because it chooses to give you that response on a Saturday night when you're just watching TV, there's still all this information it's trying to transmit. That's my part of my belief about it. Mm -hmm. And it is very difficult to figure out what your body's trying to tell you at first. Because what we tend to do, what I do, is we 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 just numb ourselves to thinking neck down doesn't matter. We'll just figure everything out in our head and neck down, we're just going to ignore. Even though the legs are shaking like crazy on the, on their train ride in the morning. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I can tell you the process I started to try to figure out what my body was trying to tell me. Um, if I look at the path that I got to try to find these answers, it started with something called morning pages, <laughs> um, the artist way. Have you ever heard of that? No, it sounds like it has floral decorations around it. <laughs> it doesn't. This woman named Julia Cameron, who worked with a lot of creative types, one thing she came up with is that people should do what that she called morning pages. You, you get up like 20 minutes early, 20 minutes earlier, and you, you don't do anything when you get up. You just dump your thoughts on notebook paper. You write three pages quickly. You don't censor it. You don't think about it. It literally can be 
I'm sleepy. I don't want to get up. Um, I have a bunch to do at work today. Oh, I forgot to feed the cat. I mean, it just, you're just dumping or, or I'm still hurt over this. You're just dumping this out. And when you get to the third page, all of a sudden you start writing stuff that you don't even feel like you're writing. It's just stuff coming up from within you. And I have done a daily practice of morning pages for almost 10 years. Yeah, I'll hit the snooze and, th- and dump my thoughts in the shower. Uh- <laughs> totally understand. I'm so, a rebel. No, there's nothing um, wrong with that. I'm but just, no, I think that's an interesting practice. And I have done sort of similar things to that before. There was a time in my life when I journaled for a while. And it was helpful. Um, I was going to say one thing that I need to do again for a lot of reasons that I haven't done consistently except for, so this started in 2017 mm-hmm. for me, um, 2016 and part of 2015, I was doing a lot of running. Oh, I remember I saw some really cute pictures of you running. <laughs> where I'm ready to vomit and die. You did uh, not look like that. You looked, uh, you looked very adorable. But um, it was an interesting practice for me because I hate running. Mm-hmm. I hate it. But so, so do I. It, it would turn into, like, that's when I put on my music. That's when I clear my head and go on the run, mm-hmm. focus on my breathing, you know, have personal goals to set and reach and all those things. And I think that's probably the best even though I hated it Mm. that I've done and I know a lot of people that do it for that reason like they're not consistent runners but they do that um, because it's just to get out and refresh you know no yeah I hear that all the time the um yeah no I hate running too okay here's the other concept with that that um because you know it's all tools it's all just trying to find ways to work but I started um, experimenting with trying to figure out how to do this meditation thing. And it just seems so hard. But there was a time period that's still going on. Deepak Chopra and Oprah started doing these 21-day meditations that were offered for free. Have you heard of those? Probably not. <laughs> do you hang out with of Deepak? Of course not. <laughs> of course not. No, as soon as you said that, I was like, Deepak? I thought it was Gail. Deepak. Deepak Chopra. Oh, Deepak, not Tupac. Not Tupac. Deepak. Right. Yeah. No. So um, they started doing these. I 20- know RuPaul meditates every day. Well, there you go. Well, it, it became real popular and it was 21 day meditations. I kept trying to do those and it has music with them. And I could never make it through 21 days. And I have to tell you, because part of the problem was, is when you add music, on them at some point I start analyzing the music (laughs) (laughs) oh it's gonna loop here oh that's an interesting chord choice oh (laughs) (laughs) and so I kept trying to do that but there you know there there's headspace apps there's all have you tried doing any of those like headspace or apps or any of these Brenda, I've gained a lot of weight this year. I haven't even tried running. So, no, I haven't tried anything. <laughs> okay. I was just curious because, you know, it's... it's no, yeah, and I have heard about that, the, those apps and whatnot. Yeah. Well, so what finally was the giant breakthrough for me was this book called Bliss More. And, it, and I love the title, How to Succeed in Meditation Without Really Trying. Uh, <laughs> Any. He knows he's he knows he's being silly. He's doing that on purpose. Um, I heard, I know, I heard him on a podcast, and it's this transcendental meditation, which I don't even really know what that means. But it's like this simple method, and I love. There's no rules. You don't have to sit a certain way. You don't use music. You you just literally think to yourself. Lots of times they give you mantras and do all this stuff, but this is like super low maintenance. He just says, do the soothing sound, aham. Let's do that together, Dusty. Aham. No. I knew knew you were going to react that way. But you literally are just doing that in your head. You set a little timer and you just, you know, try for maybe five minutes, ten minutes at first. And... I get distracted easily. That's part of it, though. No, that's it. That's what I'm going to say. This is what he's done for me that I realized. You know, people go, well, I get distracted. 
okay, then be distracted. And people are like, oh, well, immediately I start to like get an itch on my knee. Well, then scratch it. He, he's like this, no rules. You just, you let yourself be distracted. You let you do all this stuff. And when the time's up, you stop. Because, and hopefully you can do it twice a day, but once a day is good. Because here's the beauty of it that I never got until I got that, when I understood what this guy was talking about. It's not what happens in meditation. It's what's happening to your life out of meditation that shows whether you're getting quiet at all. Yeah, I got to find something. I think I, I need to do the running thing for all the other reasons too, but I think that'll help. So here's another idea. I don't know if you'd ever consider doing this, but instead of trying to write morning pages or, or do meditation or whatever, sometimes it's really easy to write a letter. And so a lot of writing. Well, Dusty, our minds don't get out of the way. We can't have conversations with ourselves and figure out these answers. We can't. We have, Dusty, we build grooves in our brains. That's what humans do. We, we have to. We build grooves in our brains that say, this is how you make coffee every morning. This is how you tie your shoe. Here's the sad part of that. There's also a groove that we burn into our brains that say, no one's ever going to love me or whatever we make up our truths to be. We all have these truths about ourselves. You know, it's the pretty girl that really thinks I'm unattractive because my nose is too big. And they really think that. Does that make sense at all? And they're negative thoughts. Well, the, you know, just, I, you know, me contrary, I'm like, oh, and there's some people that believe truths that are not true. <laughs> they think are make them great. That's what I'm well, they're probably saying those um, because they've got some other negative groups they're trying to compensate oh, yes, yes, for. Yes, but, yes, 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 yes. but yeah, don't you have don't can I, now that I've said this, don't you realize that you've got some things you're telling yourself over and over again, whether you whether you can articulate it right now or not? I mean, we all do that. And yeah, you've got to come. Just you can't say okay. You are not able to tell yourself, stop thinking that. And it stop. Well, no. When someone tells you to not think about a pink elephant in the room, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the first thing you think of, a pink elephant in the room. Yeah, so I'm, tr I'm giving you all these creative ways to try to get your head out of the way so that what you need to be hearing comes up so that you can hear it. And... So one way is you can write a letter, but here's the trick about the letter. It's like when you have um, something you're really afraid of, like, or something you really don't want to do, or you're sitting on Saturday night watching Netflix and you just feel this incredible anxiety. It's like you can like do a role reversal thing and just say, okay, I'm going to get out this pencil and paper and I'm not going to write the letter. I'm going to let my fear write the letter. And your fear, you know, you start the letter and you literally say, Dear Dusty, I am your fear. And this is what I want you to know. I am afraid of. And there's something about just letting fear take over and you just like going, I'm going to hit you head on. I'm going to walk right into the fear. Write the damn letter, fear. Go ahead. Dear Dusty, I'm your fear. This is what I'm afraid of. And this is what I want you to know. I'm afraid I'm going to be on medication the rest of my life. I'm afraid. I mean, I'm making up stuff. Yeah. You know, it's just whatever, and you just write it all down. And there's something about letting fear do that, that eventually at some point fear will kind of start to switch and become kind. And you'll look at it on paper and you'll start to realize, you know what? I have no idea that that's going to be true. Are these really true? Not necessarily. It's kind of like just go straight into it. Instead of just dancing around it and not saying it out loud, letting it be the pink elephant in the room, just write it down. Let fear just have its say. You know, and then there's all the other kinds of ways to try to get those grooves out of your brain. But you got to start with some shock value. And it's like fear just needs to slap you upside the, down, the head and say, this is what I'm afraid of. How does that one sound to you, Mr. Rebel? I don't like all the writing. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I think this is great, interesting stuff that I think someone out there will like these techniques. Hmm. Um. And it's interesting to talk about because, I mean, even though it's like, 
I don't know. I'm going to figure there's yeah. something. Yeah. Do you know what? You have to, it has to be your idea. It has to be what you need. But you know, we all have this stuff. And if this can help you find peace, because that's what I'm telling you, that's, that's what it can find. You don't have to have diagnosed anxiety. It's like, this is stuff that helps you no matter what. Yes. That, that went kind of deep. It, you were so quiet. I think I put you into a meditative state just by me droning on with my ideas. <laughs> Your guru books. I told you, you were summoning Tupac uh, Oprah. It is not Tupac. It's Deepak. Oh, my gosh. Okay. And Oprah? And Oprah. Mm -hmm. It is like the Oprah. Yeah, it's Oprah Winfrey. My thought, yeah, Oprah. Okay, no, Gail's not part of it. It's Deepak and Oprah. I don't know if Gail's upset or not. But onward we go to our last segment. Do you um do you have anything you wanna you want me to go first? You want me to... <laughs> or do you have anything? Okay, yeah. So let's let's rip off the band-aid and go with yours first. Brenda, okay. I didn't ask, but thanks for telling me. Okay. It, Am I yeah. <laughs> am I allowed to make a Netflix recommendation? Yeah, you did the first episode. I forgot I made a recommendation of something. I don't remember what it was. Okay. It was Grace and Frankie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I totally forgot. <laughs> it's been so long ago, but not really. Um, okay, so I... <laughs> I um, and watched, I just finished last night, Wild Wild Country. Have you heard of that on Netflix? Oh, God. <laughs> I've heard about it. I saw a Saturday Night Live parody of it before I knew about it on Netflix. Okay, it's a six-part documentary series. And, it, you know, I do not pertain. I do not hold myself up as being a brilliant filmmaker because I am not. And um, But I did try to make a documentary a feature length when I, yes. it, I, it was just brutal, but that documentary is so well done and it, it just, I just recommend people watch it because when I watch that kind of stuff, I'm just looking at trying to figure them out in humanity. My curiosity about people never stops. You know, I want to read their minds. I want to do all kinds of stuff. <laughs> we learned that. Remember my superpowers? I was going to be Yes, 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 yeah. yes, yes. I yeah. remember. But this documentary is done so well. And, and here's what's interesting to me about it. You know, it's from the 80s, and you can go back further and further and further. It's like, truthfully. Was it? I thought it was 70s. Mm -mm, it's early 80s. And, I mean, it, 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 the guy, the, the oh, I guess I never said what it was, but it, it, it's about a, um, a guy from India, Bhagwan, this Indian guru, then ends up coming to the United States in a remote part of Oregon and in the early 80s and setting up a uh, commune. And, um, mm -hmm. and what all happens with that, which is just unbelievable. But it's like, and, and the nearby little town is, is just, I mean, this all goes bad in so many ways you can't even describe it. But it's like everybody is still looking for the same thing that I'm looking for, that you're looking for, that we're all looking for is just that peace. And you get to the end of this thing and it's just brilliantly done. And I think, and you end up with more questions than you have answers. And I love when a peace does that. So there you go. Oh, I don't. <laughs> I, I need mystery solved, especially after six episodes. Well, I, I'm talking about who the people are deep down, the psychological stuff, and the you know. I I love the complication of people. I love that we're so complicated and so layered and so whatever. So I even love that about you, Dusty. I'm a, I'm a big onion. And I love that no matter what I say to you, you initially disagree. 
Yeah. (laughs) 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 Gotta keep it interesting. (laughs) Yeah. So um, that's my I didn't ask. Um, Oh, well, no. Oh, wait, you're supposed to say I didn't ask. Actually, this time, I guess thanks for telling me. I don't know. I didn't know where we were going with that movie. You never like my stories at the end. No, this one was this one was probably the easiest. And you didn't do some horrible impression of some famous movie star, unless you've got one to do. Do you have one? Just to toss in a random movie star impression? Well, my Catherine Hepburn's only good if you can see me shaking my head. <laughs> the loons, Norman, the loons. <laughs> That's old Catherine Hepburn. Um, okay, it's your turn. Dusty. My turn to what? I didn't ask. <laughs> I didn't ask. I can't thank you, though. I don't understand why you make us say that first, because then I'm saying that thank you for telling me. So okay, okay. I did, all right, Dusty, I'm not asking, but I think you want to tell me something, so go ahead. <laughs> so this week... Um, I received a package in the mail from New Orleans. Oh, I have a friend, Lauren, that lives there. I saw and... that on your Instagram, but I didn't understand it. <laughs> well, uh, neither did I. It was a collection of like stuff she's been meaning to send me throughout the last year, and she finally just put it all in one box. Um, it was interesting Mardi Gras beads, like a scary fairy thing, and uh, I don't know. Um, from like, not just Mardi Gras, from like all the parades they have all year round. Um, a bunch of go cups. Do you know what a go cup is? No. Well, in the great state of Louisiana, you can, or at least New Orleans, you can walk around with your adult beverage. Yes. I've done that often. I know. Don't you feel like you're not really, but I have (laughs) (laughs) not really often, but I have. Okay, anyway, um, and so the go cups are so that you have a to-go cup, and whenever you finish your drink, you just toss it. Oh. It's your go cup. Dusty, like, it, just, it just sounds like red go. solo cups. You just, like, get a package of... not red of... solo cups. No, they're, they're, they're like, advertisements, <laughs> like, oh. bars and drinks. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's that. Um, and they're also reusable, not just solo cups. I thought you tossed it though. You can. Oh, (laughs) you said you tossed it. I'm like, then just get a paper cup. Wouldn't that be okay? Yes, that would make sense. (laughs) Okay. But they're also so that you can like take it home. It's so that you have a cup that you're not worried about losing. Oh. Right. Okay. Okay. Okay, Dusty. Okay. <laughs> what? Oh my god. Okay, and then what else was it? Oh, there was a book um and another small box that was wrapped in Christmas wrapping paper because that's how long she's been meaning to send me some of these things. Um, <laughs> and uh oh, there was a football for Onyx to destroy. That's like a Saints thing. And then the Christmas box was um oh no, I read the letter first. There was a letter. <laughs> um, who does that anymore? Lauren does. Um, and I won't read your letter, but it was really uh, endearing and not without trying to be. Um, and in it were some wallet-sized photos of her and her uh, boyfriend, Patrick, uh, doing New Orleans things. And then there was also one wallet-sized photo of their Black Labrador, Lottie. And uh, Lauren told me, she's like, did you look on the back of it? I was like, no. And I looked on the back and it said, two Onyx from Lottie. Dead. And then the last thing in the box was um, the the Christmas wrapped box were random items that were handed out during decadence, which is uh, Labor Day weekend. It's like a pride weekend. Okay. (laughs) And... There was a bunch of rainbow stuff in there and then other things of like, that's why it wasn't on Instagram, but it's funny that Lauren was like, they actually hand this stuff out from their parades. And <laughs> yeah. I've never been to, so Nor- I mean, I've never done a parade or anything in New Orleans. I think that would scare me. I'd be afraid of it. The crowds. I didn't, the see, a, I did, I didn't see a parade, but I'd love to. Mm. I heard Halloween's real fun. 
Mardi Gras, they take the day off. I know. Anyway, that okay, was my well, magic Jesse, box of things. I didn't ask, but thanks. all that said, of like, yeah, it's nice to get a care package and a letter from people once in a while. Everybody should do that. Well, what I love, Dusty, about that story is, is that when I wanted Bear to write you a letter, you weren't into it, but Lauren's allowed to. I'm not sure the difference, but whatever. I'm not writing myself a letter. You weren't. It wouldn't be yourself. It would be fear. You're missing the whole point. Okay, Dusty. I didn't ask, but thanks for telling me. What I don't want to write a letter, but I appreciate getting letters. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, then. I can always tie it back around. Always, always, always. So, um, well, Dusty, this is kind of a different episode for us tonight. Yeah. Oh, we have one more thing. Start spreading the news. <laughs> I thought that was going somewhere. Uh, was I supposed to jump in? I'm leaving on May 15th. <laughs> no, that's not the words of the song. I was making it Everyone my personal expenses. New- <sighs> okay. Everybody in the New York City area, guess who's coming to town? Uh, oh my God, Brenda! How hard <laughs> was it for you to say me? Me, uh, me, me. Brenda is coming to town in New York, and we are going to have a special event at my favorite bar in Manhattan, Bob's Your Uncle. Hmm. Uh, between one hundred and six and one hundred fifth Street on Columbus Avenue, um, we're going to have at happy hour a little. I hate the term meet and greet, but basically that, to hang out, um, ask one another questions, get to meet Brenda, um, hang out with me. (laughs) Um, We're going to have fun. Yes. so the official date, I believe, is May 17th. Did you say that? I don't know. Why is it when I talk, you don't listen? (laughs) (laughs) This is pulling up my calendar. But anyway, yeah, May 17th. Um, what time? We, what time is happy hour? Roughly. Like five, five to seven. Okay. How exciting. Um, yeah, I'm coming to New York. The podcast intern's coming too. And um, I'm leaving Skeeter and Maya at home. And um, I can't wait to meet anybody who wants to show up. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> it's going to be All awesome. All four of you. Can't <laughs> wait. Uh, yeah, and uh, I think that's going to be super exciting. I'm looking very much forward to that. This has been I'm Afraid to Ask, co-hosted by Dusty Westfall and Brenda Yelvington. Random noises within the podcast provided by Onyx, Dusty's dog. Edited by Brenda. Theme music by Brenda and performed by me, the podcast intern. Find them on Instagram at I'm Afraid to Ask.